You're listening to Growth Vertical, a podcast that inspires people to reach the next vertical point in their journeys. My name's Neil Patel and I'm a digital marketer. I'll be sitting down to share my experiences to help others find the right strategies to grow themselves, their careers and their businesses. Welcome back to another episode of Growth Vertical, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Rohan Chobe again as a special guest. Some of you remember that we had Rohan actually in the past um, where we talked about growth hacking startups. So if you guys haven't seen or listened to that episode yet, you know, feel free to go and um, lead towards the description to go and find that. And then maybe you can come back in and check in. Today, we're actually going to be talking about how to use chat GPT to grow your traffic and business. Now there's a lot of people who want to either grow their content marketing function or their facility, I would say, or they want to grow a business or let's just face it. A lot of stuff that we've seen, they want to make some money online using chat GPT, but we're actually going to be talking about the most highly impactful approaches to using it, whether it's good, whether it's bad, and what we actually think it is rather than just going with what the status quo is at the minute. For those of you who don't know, by the way, Rohan, you know, it's a pleasure to have you here. Rohan's the author of the Amazon bestseller, as mentioned last time as well, the growth hacking book. So for those of you who haven't read it already, go and check it out. I highly recommend it. It's pretty cool because it actually showcases, there are some actual actionable tips in there still, even till this day. Uh, and they're definitely ones that probably a lot of growth hackers or just general marketers haven't implemented themselves. So I'd highly recommend that. So yeah, Ryan, pleasure to have you here. How are you doing? Thank you. Uh, so good to see you again. And um, uh, about the book now, after everything that has changed, I feel that uh, the book needs to be rewritten. <laughs> but of course, there are some timeless principles of marketing in the book. Uh, but uh, very excited to talk about AI, chat, GBT, and everything in between. Um, over to you. Yeah. For those of you, by the way, there is a second version, right, Ron, to that book? Yeah. Um, yeah I haven't had a chance to go to through it. it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I would definitely highly advise to check that out, especially if you can beat me to it. Um, but yeah, let's talk about chat GPT. So now chat GPT, you know, what is it? I just kind of want to start this by, let me just quickly tell everyone about what ChatGPT is in terms of definition. So according to ZDNet, ChatGPT is a natural language processing tool driven by AI technology that allows you to have human-like human conversations and much more with a chatbot. The language model can answer questions and assist you with tasks such as composing emails, essays, and code. Now, from what I've seen, it actually does much more than just that, right? People are creating content, which we're going to be focusing on today because we're talking about it from a business sense. People have started businesses and people are getting their everyday assignments done using ChatGPT, right? But how are they actually doing it? Considering there's poor elements to it, of course, and then there's pros to it. So, Rohan, I guess what I want to ask you is, what do you think ChatGPT is in your definition? So from where I look at it, I see that, let's say 
we used to have um i mean regardless of um a startup being very horizontal in approach and not having an hierarchy but you would still have some employees that are let's say meant to do entry level work right and i feel that chat gpt is just that for me <laughs> so if i was using some people to do some research or menial tasks i could just ask you know ai tools to do it or chat gpt it does some incredible work as well <laughs> but um again like you said there are pros and cons to it right so um i would as we talk further i'm sure we'll go into specifics of it but yeah just as in high level um overview i see chat gpt has just another you know uh team member i would talk to them like that and uh try to get responses <laughs> yeah how about i think it's a, how do you treat it i actually it's interesting i think with with what it is and the way it came out like just i think we could maybe visit some of the statistics right before i say what i think it is um but i will start off with saying i think it's more like a support tool than anything else i don't think it's meant to before everyone starts saying anything about you know who is it going to replace or anything like that with let's not let's not talk about any of that stuff because i don't think that's actually true I don't think it's remotely true um like you mentioned right like it's an early bird assistant right essentially so it acts as a support tool so people that were doing that job before maybe starting off the content writing process or anything like that the ideas gathering process asking it simple questions you can go to this tool and now get that much faster than you would doing the research yourself right now it's the same thing as saying why don't i just plug in a search term into google and retrieve information that way well think about it like this you have to sift through that information and chat gpt uses already a lot of that information as a source and puts it into the most i guess condensed and understandable form possible according to what it actually learns so one thing we do want to visit here is the stats right so we we got to remember chat gpt first off had grew like a ton so when it first started it probably had less data obviously uh but as the weeks have gone on you know to get a million users in its first week is incredible and then to have you know an estimated sort of 1 billion monthly visitors imagine how much data it's actually learning from right um and the number of active users on a daily basis is is crazy just simply because everyone knows that ai in order to be efficient right and effective for its purpose needs to have access to a large amount of data so if there's a growing amount of data it will become smarter as time goes so i wouldn't say it's the best yet but i would say that it acts as a support tool uh that's probably be my be my definition um i'm not going to say it's used just for content because it's not you know we know that the use cases are you know of a of a higher multiple talking about writing and debugging code we've seen you know we've seen copywriting it's been used to create websites and and newsletters writing resumes covers letters whatever whatever you think even if you want to just treat it as something more um 
more more time of leisure right so writing jokes and songs and maybe some poems like it can do it can do anything like that or just chatting like rohan kindly mentioned but i think what's important to talk about as well is you know have you used it extensively extensively yet rohan i have been trying different things with it mm. and trying to apply across different marketing functions is to see what i can do with let's say content creation content distribution um seo or social media in communities in in outbound ways you know messaging and all of that writing different copies etc what i overall feel about chat gpt is it's very compartmentalized right so we can't really say it's going to replace anybody unless it was able to do everything on its own and had some thinking capacity so let's say if chat gpt is able to write emails does not mean that um the writers or content marketers would get replaced as a whole because it's not that it's i mean if you had to think from google's standpoint their recommendation to follow um eat right it does require your expertise and experience to put into the content and chat gpt does not have that so um and and we can go on and on and talk about different things that chat gpt has ability to do and everything requires someone right to put the pieces together to put the compartmentalized pieces together and i feel um the job of the growth marketers have become more important than ever because let's say if someone was searching for uh, ideas to grow their startup right they can do as much research as they want but chat gpt is only going to you know give them output just like what you would find on google the only difference is that when you were researching earlier you had to use very clever advanced google search operators to get very specific results now those specific results can be written in natural language like the one that we are speaking right now and get the same results so if you were a really good researcher back then you did really well now with even simple language you can get answers that you want that's the only difference that i see of course it can do some customized work as well but then again the source is the data that was feed in so i feel that the need for growth marketers for very specific knowledge and expertise has become more important than ever i cannot rely on chat gpt telling me to distribute my content on certain platforms and then that being a reliable way to go about distributing it really i feel that digital platforms anyways were accessible to everyone right it's the same digital platforms that every industry every marketer or or every product would use the right. differentiator really was like how you go on to do it right like your sops might differ from mine and our results would be uh you know um a result of what we feed in in terms of the steps right so i think channels would remain the same the way of doing stuff differs and that's what chat gpt cannot Ronnie say that. and that's the actual differentiator i think we plus 
So that specific knowledge can only come from growth marketers. And I feel that this is something, I mean, at least uh, I can't, I, I'm not, let's say a designer or a writer or uh, someone with specific role. So, but for growth marketers, I feel that the demand will just grow from here. Yeah, I think I think it's incredible that you mentioned about compartmentalizing a, such a technology. You know, that's where I think that's where my definition lies and that it's more like a smart assistant to increase a marketer's or a, a professional's productivity, essentially. So you use it within your workflows to speed things up, right? So things we have to go back and forth with, we no longer need to do that. We can retrieve it yeah. at a click of a button. Um, it it, it yeah. makes me laugh because <laughs> uh, if I have to say it in one sentence, chat GPT can make us feel like a superhuman trying to do things really fast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what people are pushed to do now. You know, we're going through this sort of economic downturn where, you know, there's a lot of people who are sort of thinking about, you know, how do I get more work done so I can showcase that, you know, I'm doing better or how can I get results sooner? You know, it, it just, it is what it is, right? But that's why we need to stress as well. And I would love to stress that it's it's a big thing having ChatGPT available to us, but it's not perfect one. And it's only as good as the prompt provided. So the information that we provide within the tool or the, or what we search within the tool and also what we use it for, right? So I think that's one myth that we can, that's one of the myth that we need to, myths we need to debunk, right? And that's, we know that ChatGPT itself isn't a superhuman, but like Ron said, it makes us feel like a superhuman. I think that's that's the perfect way of putting it. You know, and AI... it's not even perfect, right? So when they yeah. launch their um, paid plans, mm. uh, globally people did not had access to. You know, recently the history it went down. It I've also seen it working for free users and not working for paid users. And then today I came across this, you know, uh, tweet from um, the CEO. He says, uh, and I'm, I quote, uh, we had a significant issue in ChatGPT due to a bug in an open source library for which a fix has now been released and we have just finished validating. A small percentage of our users were able to see the titles of other users' conversations history. We feel awful about this. So you see that um, it's not perfect. And forget about your accounts. It's like not even reliable at the moment. Like you go, you plan to do something in maybe a scheduled time and chat GPT is down even after you're paying user. <laughs> so at least for the moment, I don't think anybody is replaceable. And even if it becomes perfect by the time, right? Like as we see more competition from Google and other players, um, eventually I feel um, it's just going to get different use cases done. For example, we don't need to now remember all the Google Sheet formulas that we used to remember. We can just ask ChatGPT to do it, right? So it would just continue to be an assistant and menial things like these formulas we don't need to really, really remember. Uh, however, it would be a nice backup though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a great turning point actually in the conversation because 
we did say that we're going to talk about how to use this in business and to grow a content marketing function as well, right? How we can use it to support that sort of strategy. Um, and then Ron alluded to the point about using it with marketing and sales for certain shortcuts and, you know, for example, formulas or reporting or anything like that. But I think what we can do is let's talk about the cons before we go into the pros and then how we would use it. Because the cons, you know, just like Ron mentioned it having downtime, it basically just had a sick day, right? That's exactly, if you want to compare it to a human, there you go. Lots of people like to, it just had a sick day. And there are limitations, right? Like the number of words that we can type per minute, right? There is a limit once we, let's say, max out, right? Until humanly possible of how fast we can type. And the same goes for something like chat GPT, right? So I think one, one thing we need to learn about is that because we're talking about content marketing as well, I think Ron, we can shift the conversation to that content marketing strategies and using it as part of marketing sales to grow business, a business, uh, plagiarism is one that comes to mind, like, right? Because if you think about it, if a hundred billion, a lot of those users that I was talking about earlier, right? had started to use it. So if we're talking about having an estimated, you know, a hundred million active users, how many people do you think are actually searching for similar things, let alone write different things? So you got to remember with ChatGPT, it learns as it consumes more information, of course, and it take, you know, it's, it's already crawling things from the deep web, but certain pieces of information are always going to be overused. And you'll mm -hmm. notice this when you actually put in a prompt, if you were to say, yeah. what is a milkshake, it'll probably give you the same answer multiple times because it knows from its sources that that's the best way of putting it, you know? So it learns by guessing exactly what you've asked it, right? So if you ask it a question, it will guess what you've asked and try to find a relatable, something related to it, because there aren't a hundred percent, it's not a hundred percent match rate in what you're asking for, right? Yeah, and so I think it's important. this is exactly, yeah, please go on. No, no, go on. Go on, Ron. So I was saying that this is exactly the problem I have with people um, selling those prompts, right? So prompts is something that you should like instinctively, instinctively know. That, that's not something that I can give it to you. And if I'm giving it to you, probably it means that you are a bad manager. If let's say you had an internal employee and you had to explain something to them, how would you do that? That's what it demands to write a prompt in chat GPT, right? And then you can get very specific with humans, just like you can get with chat GPT, right? So I feel the biggest mistake that people would make is buying or using any free or paid prompts because that is exactly what hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of people are using. Just use your own, you know, um, way of speaking to the bot and it would generate unique results. For example, I had a strong opinion about PPP pricing in SaaS, uh, purchasing power parity pricing in SaaS. And I already prompted to the chat GPT that I'm on the side where every SaaS has to have a PPP pricing. And I feel it's fair because not everyone earns the same, but has to pay the subscription the same. And the phrase that uh, it, sh it should be discounted price for um, a low income region needs mm -hmm. to be replaced with the phrase that regions that provide higher value for money, right? 
So instead of calling it low income region, call it higher value for money because that's what it is. And then it generates a better content, like a unique piece of content, because I've already told what my opinion and stance is and what kind of phrases I would use. And so it doesn't sound robotic and the same thing copy pasted from the internet. Maybe it's not a copy paste. The bot just knows what to write next, but sometimes it doesn't even know what is what it's writing. I have got some really, really weird answers for very few questions. I wouldn't say majority of it has been sensible, but sometimes it does end up saying something that is completely stupid. So, so um, I, I, I feel that uh, people need to realize that they are the managers and chat GPT has one of your subordinates. <laughs> yeah, it's like every start of a campaign, every planning session you go through, you build what a requirements document of what you want yeah. to do. So what situation you're in, what strategy you're running with, target audience, you know, what messaging you want to use with that target audience and what tactics you're going to use to actually push that in front of them or pull them, pull them in. Right. And you got to remember that chat GPT, just think about if we go back to first principles, right? Like where it sits, you know, how does it, how is it executed? How are you even going into this area and logging in and just typing in your, your, your prompts, right? You remember it's on the internet. It's going to use the internet and it's going to paraphrase almost every time. So you can use things like tools like Quillbot, and to re-paraphrase things, fine, but it won't sound too original. It will just sound almost as original as what it tried to give the previous person or what yeah, it's going to give generic. the next person. Yeah, exactly. And so, it's a test of our managerial and um, coaching skills. <laughs> <laughs> so the ability to... If you think you're managing a person, you're going to treat it the same way, right? How much, if I was to help the person, you have to set the other person up for success. So you have to set up chat GPT for success and it all comes down to what the requirements you put in, right? So the more detailed and unique, the requirements, the more it will try and understand. Obviously there was, if it's never received that sort of prompt before, it'll try and guess what you're saying. But again, that's another limitation, right? Because right. there may not be a lot of data behind that, but that's up to you as the person to fill in the gaps. Which kind of brings me to another con is it's clearly from my tests as well. It's not capable of developing unique insight most of the time. Um, and it doesn't help SaaS startups set themselves apart from the competing traffic because as a SaaS startup, uh, any startup, any software startup, let's say you have three competing softwares on the same, in the same vertical. Um, that almost boasts the same features, but there's one different unique USP. What if your unique USP is what sets you apart, which is what it's supposed to do. It's pretty self-explanatory and of, 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 I guess blatant, but how do you expect ChatGPT to separate all three of you, right? It's probably going to pull mm. the sentence from your website. Fine. Right. Maybe it might do that, but as a, as a business leader, or as a marketer, how are you going to set yourself apart? Maybe you know something that a lot of the other platforms don't know. Maybe you don't share anything publicly. So it's really important that you use almost, and we're going to go into this is how to use it specifically from start to finish, but you use it for certain aspects of your process and you manage it exactly how you would want the person to execute on that task. Exactly how Rowan said. 
and some people just like they cannot search well on uh, google right so people who used to write complete sentences instead of keyword focused searches on google would also be the ones yeah. that there might be people who ask very weird questions like too generic for even chatbot to give specific answers so this skill of asking question which they call prompt engineering is something that also needs to be learned just like how we learn to google search effectively but that being said uh like similar to what you were saying right so i actually tried chatgpt for writing reviews for certain products and com making comparison etc it does not understand the product at all uh it was talking about features that none of the products had like i had two products being compared and it it assumed something made assumptions wrote something that was absolutely irrelevant so mm. it might only be able to write for very common products where it has been spoken about let's say 100000 times right like zapier and semrush and ahrefs and those kind of tools if you're writing about a very unique tool or a new tool right uh, it would have no knowledge it would just guess and write anything i agree and if we think about how those tools are made before chat gpt came about there was already ai writers mm -hmm. and then before that there was tool obviously we have semrush and ahrefs and anywhere anywhere don't know if you guys have everyone used ever used the writing assistant tool from semrush which is good by the way but if you think about it if someone put in three different types of articles about the same thing it's going to give you uh probably the addition it's probably going to tell you to write add certain keywords and maybe it's this strength in terms of your keyword density and things like that but then how are you going to get an that tool to give you something like maybe you should write it this way or maybe you should write it that way it's not smart enough to comprehend that but it is smart enough to give you a baseline right so that you can go and engineer it in a way that's fit befits your brand your guidelines and your approach to selling mm -hmm. your product or service and i think one thing we should definitely consider is chatgpt is actually used for i would say it should be used for informational terms that's where it's more scalable for commercial and you know navigation for commercial navig maybe navigational because it can scrape websites but navigation uh, commercial and transactional terms where it involves more complexity now that's where a real real human and understanding mm -hmm. is required just simply because of the prop the complexity behind the issue but nothing stops you from scaling content by focusing on informational terms first exactly the same way we carry out keyword research with seo none of that is dead you still have to do a lot of that legwork yeah and and i have an update from google so uh th this did not happen the last time we met i think it was later that so um, last year in april first april i did a video with uh, john muller from google uh it was google office hours and i, I asked him a question what is google's stance on ai writers because back then we did not have chat gpt or anything from open ai we had mm -hmm. you know uh, jasper has the tool and it had just made it to the unicorn list some 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 news came out so i asked google what is their stance and they tried to dodge the question <laughs> then i rephrased the question and asked them again what do you think about ai content and 
they specifically told for the first time on the internet that they think it's spam and they categorize it as spam. There is no automated way to um, penalize sites using AI content, but we manually check and may impose um, um, uh, uh, any penalties. But in the forthcoming um, core updates, there might be updates made to essentially, um, you know, have these sites, I mean, these sites might get affected. And there were like three updates in the same year and there were reports of people sharing their site got affected with AI content. Now, fast forward to 2023, Google took a complete U-turn. It said, AI content is allowed. And when I, so when this news broke last year, uh, 1st April, people thought it was an April Fool's joke because it came out on 1st April. But when all of the SEO communities started debating about this topic that AI considers AI, con sorry, Google considers AI content as spam. And uh, uh, I guess more than 100 media publications picked that and embedded that video clip. Mm. That's when people started to take it seriously. And they, they thought that it's the end of AI content. Google is going to punish it. But with open AI, Google was forced to up their games and uh, allow AI content because now if they do not allow it, people are anyways going to use it. And they realized that, okay, there is a possibility there in a hurry. Maybe they started building their own tool, which recently launched. And now they have specifically written in their guideline that AI content is allowed. They took a complete U-turn, but the only criteria is you need to have that double EAT, right? Expertise, experience, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. So uh, that's an update from the Google's end that AI content is allowed as long as you're updating it for these, you know, characteristics or whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's definitely a good note because recently, um, we know that with, for example, a platform, the approach like Google ads, right now considers match types in terms of their intent. So it's not based on just keyword match types anymore. Right. So even with an exact match phrase, for those of you who run Google ads, you know, you know, you can still get some irrelevant searches, but the reason why I'm talking about this is because Google itself in the background needs to understand what the intent is behind that term. So if they allow AI content, you know, whilst they're measuring intent, they're still going to be the enforcer behind what intent is, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe we're talking about a something soft, a certain term software. Uh, let's say we're talking about accounting software. So it's like accounting software for small business, or we can call it accounting system for SMEs, right? It needs to be mm -hmm. able to understand the intent behind both those different search phrases. And so that's what they're focusing on, which is probably why they allowed the AI tool to do, you know, to, they're going to be the enforcer. We know that they have a lot of control over the data. So, uh, you know, it's not surprising, of course, but there we have it, right? So there are going to be AI adopters, but it's about making it smarter based on their current processes. Again, not yeah. just cowboying a system and, you know, running with it. Yeah. And 
one quick note that chat gpt does not give you that sources of the data right but i think the bing uh the the chatbot at bing does give you that uh a few times i tried there were links sent with the messages yeah i think you can ask it to provide references with the bing one okay yeah mm-hmm. so i think you can tell Got it to it. include references and then it should give you that links of where it Hopefully extracted in the future chat gpt should do the same because yeah. there are chances that you might end up in legal trouble for taking someone else's work and not referencing back to it absolutely i will say this though the educational systems that are using there's i remember when i was at university as well they would actually put us put our work through a plagiarism detector right now that might completely change or but there seems to be a lot an influx of people that are using it for educational purposes now like how they enforce that we don't know but i can imagine it them using a self learning algorithm that almost reverse engineers the use of an ai right the same way google's able to detect that i think let's i actually reached out to sorry go on no it's good go on no no go on go on you reached out to i i i reached i reached out to someone from open ai on linkedin and i asked them uh how do we detect like i mean will it not be irresponsible of open ai to not provide a detection mechanism uh if it is generating mass generating ai content uh a few weeks back he reached out to me and said that oh now we have this sorry and now we have this detection uh tool uh which you can use and then it was all over the news so i think open ai itself has one of the tools and then there is zero uh, gpt something and then there are so many other tools for detection for ai content right so i think that's going to change the educational landscape but for marketing at least if let's say i am a business person and trying to hire writers we could use it for that purpose as well to check writers work with uh like detecting ai content but again if they are smart enough they'll find ways to you know uh find a workaround to it <laughs> yeah i think one of the ones that i saw as well i think it was is it copy leaks i don't know i need to yeah there are many remember. like recently yeah. there have been many So it's quite it's quite a new system of obviously of that people are going to get used to. But let's talk about the pros, right? So we can get into yes. you know the different one. So the pros, right? I from what I've used it for, it seems great for short form content. Right? So tweets, subject lines, CTAs, end of thread captions, maybe Instagram captions or LinkedIn short posts. The reason why I say this is because it has to fight with very little uh based on the amount of info you give it right to give you something back right so you remember remember we talked about earlier how the output is only as good as the input that you provide it with mm-hmm. but if you're using it for something very short you know like give me a um a subject line based on this benefit right and then you tell that to paraphrase that for you or something like that um or maybe use a different synonym it's able to comprehend that because it doesn't require too much of understanding the the information and guessing right we said that if it doesn't know much then it'll have to guess well it doesn't have to guess too much if there's little information to work with i don't know what else you used uh it for 
in terms of the pros run any other I think, examples yeah like you said really short um content for like let's say caption on social media post tweets converting my blogs into tweets uh quick sentiment analysis or some you know uh creating a outreach copy and then editing it and building on top of it writing unique content in emails uh perhaps you know responding to quick messages as well like emails and then i would ask uh, give me 10 titles for this blog post or 10 email subject lines uh creating lead magnets out of the research it provides and then i saw people creating simple chrome extensions as well which could act as like good uh distribution lead magnet right and then one time i had to you know um i was using a twitter tool and i had to click 100 times to uh remove inactive people so i just asked chat gpt can you write me a code to click a button it give gave me a two line code and i just had to find the button id and insert there to make it work so and and of course for summarizing if i've written a blog post i will ask it to summarize it so that i can use it for my linkedin article post it on different communities um maybe on uh, places like product hunt and hacker news medium or quora uh, answers or you know reddit so all in all wherever the content um other than searches is required we could use for that even for getting a basic structure for let's say youtube description or looking for tags for um, a youtube video so yeah these small use cases absolutely and i think two benefits i really want to highlight is for because you know we did say we're going to talk about content creation we're not talking about just for short form content as well i truly believe we can mm-hmm. create longer form content but just not by lumping it yeah. all in one and expect the ai writer to do everything one thing is the first benefit i would always say is that the time to create content is significantly decreased so we talked about productivity earlier that's a pro of the system of course and then you've got the traffic right you know the time to increase traffic uh because you're covering more keywords right is significantly decreased so you're getting more traffic and covering more keywords much faster that's what we can use this for but like how do we use this i've got a case study which i'll talk about after because i've used it before but it was an ai writer i mean to use it for chatgpt it's different but there's a bunch of tools that you can use out there i'm sure ron you probably come across some of these like write sonic and niches uh quillbot obviously chatgpt uh you got writer jasper ai writerly and there's loads more right the the list goes on and on so it's i think in terms of using it as a, as a startup Right if you had you were talking about managing like managing the writer earlier right managing chat gpt so as a, as for startup advice on content marketing growing their audience how can they use chat gpt to do so aside from the short form content right that we just talked about those are obvious use cases that we can use chat gpt for mm-hmm. but how could you how would you recommend systematizing it i think so let's say if we were to hire a content marketer right the first day of their job is to essentially understand the product understand different target uh, segments of the audience essentially custom personas i speaks right so chat gpt could help them create those right and understand their 
what are their hopes, fears, or motivation or pain points, right? So they are able to uh, write content and really empathize with the audience. So I think chat GPT just accelerates that process of understanding, you know, the personas, um, perhaps do some research as well, uh, if the competitors are well known, of course, and then um, copies we have already discussed, um, perhaps, um, uh, you know, the distribution bit of it, like I was sharing with you about uh, the lead magnet and getting ideas for the same. Uh, some of the tools also allow, you know, um, social comments. Uh, it, it's called social comments generator, which can also generate comments. But then yeah. I would, rec I mean, I would recommend it because it, it is detectable. And, uh, but it would be a good starting point. If you were writing it yourself, you get a prompt and then you start writing. To so imagine how... Facebook and of uh, LinkedIn used to give you small prompts, right? What you could potentially comment. So ChatGPT is no different. It's it's giving you a prompt. You can just modify what you really feel instead of just going with what the bot is um, trying to uh, suggest. And then of course you can test different. Ask ChatGPT to write some ad copies and put storytelling into every single content piece. Uh, perhaps, you know, write your blog post in different parts. So with the new version of ChatGPT, you're able to produce long-form content. But then I will always suggest like writing um, a blog post in different small subcategories instead of, you know, writing it all at once, like giving it a prompt and trying to ask it to generate a thousand-word uh, blog post. So those are some of the use cases I've used, how about you? Yeah, I think um, what's important is, I think touching on what you said about putting them in batches, that's something I've done in the past. It's I think it's super helpful, right? It allows you to actually maintain con quality and control over what you're actually doing. So what I would suggest in terms of workflow, right, for any startup out there, we know that in order to compete against the giants, you think, oh, well, this this significant enterprise has been doing it in a legacy way with their software. Maybe it's an on-prem solution. Maybe you're the new SaaS solution on the block and you have a significantly uh, small turnaround time. It's almost like a turnkey solution, very quick and easy to get set up. Almost like, let's say we're talking about accounting software or something, right? Just, you know, plug in your numbers or plug in your credit card or whatever, and we'll analyze and do the rest for you, right? Let's say you're doing dealing with that versus an older solution that you're saying, okay, I've installed this on-prem first, upload all your bills, um, extract all these numbers into these fields, map them up accordingly, and then, then you can get started. Um, <clears throat> so to beat someone that's been on the market that has a lot of the market share, a lot of the share of voice in the market can get very difficult. It can be quite overwhelming for any so software startup. One thing I would always recommend is you can actually get started with AI because you don't have a significant budget to work with um, getting a writer and then an editor and then someone who does the SEO work. But what I would suggest is get someone that does a hybrid, right? So you can maybe have one, maybe it's a virtual assistant or something, uh, but they're very good with SEO content and they're very good with putting together structures, right? That's what you need. So the part of the formula in the beginning is your keyword research 
and obviously understanding your titles and the subtitles within that. What are you trying to achieve with that post? Whether you created skyscraper or not, we're not going to go into that technicality just now. We can leave that for another time. But if you're creating that piece of content, what I've seen work is you break it out. You break out the piece of content you're trying to create, the one piece of content, give it the headings, the subheadings, and what you're trying to achieve within those. And then bit by bit, you're going to give it to the AI platform, or you're going to use ChatGPT to come up with the sentence structure or form a few sentences around your question or that point you're trying to make. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go and do that for all the other sections. And then you're going to give that entire document or whatever you've created to the editor. Now the editor is an expert in what you do. They are an expert in the SEO part. They know what keywords are relatable. They know what uh, quality control you essentially should have with something like that, that goes out. So it doesn't hurt, harm your brand. They will do a lot of the cleanup and then you'll hit publish, right? Or you can use again, AI to distribute the content like Rohan said, right? Um, there's, there's a, there's a different way. There's a different way you can do it depending on your workflow. Not everyone's SOP is the same. Of course, your workflows aren't going to be the same, but that's one way of doing it. But one thing you should always do is measure the content and the effectiveness of your chat GPT approach to content creation. Right? So that would be my, that would be my approach to creating the long form content for those of you who want to produce content at scale, drive more traffic sooner, um, and essentially rank for those keywords. Uh, there are a few strategies on how you can in a blip, honestly, CBUC get yourself seen as an authority by Google. Um, but we can talk about if that sort of strategy later, cause it's not chat GPT related, it's more SEO and strictly content marketing related. Right. So, um, Right. I guess if we're talking about the successes of then measuring, cause we would actually want, we want you guys in the audience to measure the effectiveness of that. You know, what, how do we measure the successfulness of using chat GPT then in that, in that sort of experiment or initiative, I should say, is there anything uh, you feel like I you should feel, particularly track? Yeah. I feel the KPIs would still remain the same. However, yeah. I would try to test what happens when a human writes it and when an AI writes it, uh, does it make a difference in terms of responses? And mm. that's one of the reasons why I let chatbot know my stance on specific topics so that it does not have its own, uh, to say it in Elon's word, it's essentially the chat GPT version we have right now is quite woke. <laughs> and it can yeah. end up writing something that you do not subscribe to. So it's important that you let ChatGPT know that what do you think about your industry? Like I was giving an example of that PPP pricing, right? Uh, and what certain phrases to replace uh, to be sensitive with your audiences. So ChatGPT wouldn't understand it. It requires a human to empathize with the audience and make that difference. But in general, I've just been looking at, like, if I have to say North Star, right? So the North <laughs> Star for me with content would be the action taken, right? Like how well we were able to provoke the audience to get to an action. The action could be, let's say, if I'm posting in a community, it could be discussions generated, uh, I mean, comments. Um, if it's on a blog, it could be the clicks to CTAs or whatever the end goal was, or it could be 
how intrigued the reader was while reading the blog post, like how much did they read the dwell time, et cetera, right? So I think the KPIs would kind of remain the same. Uh, it's just that it's for us to optimize and test it against human writing. I agree. And how well, we can balance both and get to a sweet spot. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it, especially when we were talking about productivity earlier, I think that's important that we layer that on. So KPIs that I would usually, and actually we, it's good that we probably move on to like some case studies because case study wise, when working with AI, even in a past marketing initiative, and you know, there's nothing, we're not growth marketers, we're not growth hackers without any testing or AB testing, right? So let's talk a bit about this. So what we did was in the past, I was working with on a project and with a business where we were creating content focused on SEO to get more traffic to the website, of course, relevant traffic. And so what we did was we actually did exactly what you said, Ron. We tested by having a human write one and the AI write one. Of course, we did some editing on the uh, AI side because it not, doesn't always make sense. But we did that, right? We published two different, two of the same articles and we looked at the time to, in terms of KPIs, you can look at the content created. So time to create a con piece of content, right? Of X amount of words, uh, the time to impact. So again, regular versus AI. So human driven versus AI driven. Um, you want to look at the traffic, the unique visitors that came there, right? Or you want to look at like the dwell time, not the bounce rate that we were talking about. You know, everyone bounces. It's only important, right? That we understand what bounce rate actually is. But it's session duration and the conversion rate, like like Ron mentioned. So time to take an action, right? How impactful was that across the post? Anyway, so going through, aside from talking about the KPIs, what we did was on that experiment, sorry to get sidetracked, was we we were expecting essentially a traffic increase of around 100%, let's say 100 to 150% based on our first six to nine month uh, waiting period for the traffic, right? Um, after we had started our SEO and content marketing, after we implemented, started implementing our SEO and content marketing strategy. So <clears throat> instead of that, of 100, 150% uh, in six months, we actually achieved 332%, right? 0.74% if you want to be very specific for anyone in the audience that wants to call this out. Um, and then that was just on the organic search traffic. And then also we increased that by 200, the social traffic as well by 224% by repurposing it with the AI and that sort of thing, which increased essentially our traffic value by $4,000 a month, which is a huge saving on PPC spend one our domain or authority shot up from three to 24. And so that's a 700% increase, but you know, there's, it's, there's no point just driving traffic. We need to talk about leads as well. Right? So the number of leads middle of the funnel leads increased because of course we had like exit intent or we were optimizing the page for CTAs, like you meant, like you mentioned, but I remember our aim initially was to drive traffic. So the numbers are great, but we care about, we cared about leads, of course. So you can see that, you know, the stark difference was when we used AI, but with an editor, we found that it was actually much faster to get from concept to publish like in much sooner, especially when we were focusing on informational terms, it's important to note that. And that's why I mentioned middle of the funnel leads because you drive top of the funnel content, top of the funnel traffic, 
and you get them to engage in a way that increases their session duration so that you can try and get them to convert middle of the funnel and then stay top of mind until you get them to bottom of the funnel, right? So most, um, most aware, right? In part of the journey that we talk about. So that's just a small case study. I mean, Rohan, have you, you've probably seen similar results when actively implementing it, right? At, um, with some yeah, of your initiatives. Exactly. So since you've already, yeah, so since you've already given an example of case studies with numbers, I'll just give generic examples of how effective it has been across yeah. uh, different uh, use cases, right? So one is, of course, the blog post we have covered. The second I was sharing with you about the community, right? So I run a lot of communities and as a community manager, I need to generate a lot of um, conversations. <laughs> and so I started using ChatGPT to give prompts to people to talk about, like prompts for discussion. It helped generate ideas and I would share it in the community and then test the initial um, brief that we share with the audience and then uh, the responses we get. So I found, us, found it far more efficient to create content and essentially provoke responses when it was well written with an AI versus just, you know, our community managers writing it themselves, of course. That also generates good responses, but then this was effective because then we were able to give specific prompts and write it in a certain way. Similarly, with uh, the social content as well, the capacity for us to create social content has increased. However, I, we do see a significant drop in consumption of content um, across the channels. For example, imagine the followers is to engagement rate on Instagram in 2018-19 versus right now. It, it's no longer 10%. <laughs> Same as with Twitter, right? There is a lot of people who have big following, but few engage, much lower engagement. And now the virality factor has become quite random. Like you could anytime go viral on LinkedIn, you could anytime go viral on Twitter, it, there's just no predictability. Same as with uh, done with Instagram with Reels. So that that predictability of social media has gone away. Even if you have bigger audience or smaller audience, it's more of like it's a level playing field. If I had, I can say that. So even a smaller creator might end up going viral with a reel. Uh, a tweet can reach a million people, even if you have 100 followers. So I think that is an algorithmic change that we are seeing across platforms. But, um, uh, you know, the, the intensity of content creation can actually help you reach that point of virality someday, right? So until then, keep experimenting. <laughs> yeah, I agree because there are there are instances where we tried that with other projects within a com completely different niche, but it's not the same. You don't get the same results simply because the complexity increases and decreases, um, and the resources change from business to business as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's important to note that you take it with a pinch of salt, but you have to test yourself. It's important and just highlight your key set of your North star metrics essentially, and then run with it. And if it doesn't work, then just pivot. It's really important that you do that. It's a failed experiment is a learned experiment, right? So you've got to remember that you have to really test out whether the chat GPT versions or an AI writer, for example, has helped you on your journey simply because there's already a great amount of useful information out there or not. But those businesses that are essentially trailblazers, 
in their market. So there's no footprint of any other business that does what you do. And there's hardly any information out there. It'll be much more difficult to use ChatGPT. But what it can do is it can take, like I mentioned, these informational concepts, right? So if you have to drive traffic for those informational concepts and bring people to the site, then it's perfectly fine to use it for that. But again, you need to have assistance um, with that within your processes. So there should always be an additional quality gate set up after you've used any AI product, right? Um, for writing and that sort of thing, something that becomes very complex in nature and requires a difference in tonality, et cetera, um, especially when it comes to different languages. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so do you have anything else to add, um, Rohan, by the way? Because I know that we've got like about a few minutes left before we close off. No, I think we've covered most of the angles that we had to with the chat GPT. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, you know, there we have it, everyone. You know, we know that chat GPT can be quite powerful, but we want to stress, as we did in multiple occasions on this chat with Rohan as well, that it's not a silver bullet for content marketing. It's not a silver bullet for all life purposes, creating your CV, whatever you want to use it for. Most importantly for businesses, content marketing, you know, don't just simply get something from chat GPT and publish. It's not, you've got to really look at it and set up a quality gate. And remember the output is only as good as the input. So you've got to make sure that the requirements are key. Like they are really like useful, they're concise, you know, they're very uh, detailed in the sense that uh, you actually tell chat GPT what you think about some particular subject. So it doesn't put you in the crossfire of anything that's mildly controversial even. Um, so yeah, it's only, the output's only as good as its input. So you'll need another quality gate and ensure you're producing high quality content. It's doable, but we know that there's, you've got to be careful. So yeah, Rohan, thanks for uh, being here today. Honestly, it's been an, again, amazing speaking to you. Very amazing, very insightful as always. And I think that definitely today, you know, with, with everything that's going on with ChatGPT, we're going to, there's been some actionable insights here for people to take away almost and uh, sort of run with and test a few things out themselves. But right, if you've, you know, you've uh, talked about a lot, you share your own growth marketing content, you talk about a lot of experiences and exper uh, experiences and initiatives you're working on. If people want to follow you and reach out to you, connect with you, how can they do that? Uh, so I run a community on Reddit called r slash growth hacking. Uh, they can join in and, um, yeah, I think they can just Google and it would show all my, uh, social icons. Sounds, sounds good. I'll put it in the description as well for everyone to see, uh, and reach out to so they, they can follow that. Um, thank you. But... This was a great chat. Um, thank you for having me. Sorry, yeah. are you saying something? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just going to say it's a pleasure. Honestly, it's always good to have you here. Um, you know, your insight, your insights always welcome. And, and it's always really interesting to hear what you've worked on and some of the experiments you've run. So, uh, let's keep this up everyone. You know, it's, it's quite nice having Rohan here. Maybe we can have you again to talk about some experiments. Um, but yeah, till next time, everyone, we'll see you in the next episode. See ya. Thank you.